The Bible is the word of God and contains everything necessary and sufficient for our salvation. And today I want to talk about sin and salvation because sin and salvation are two basic and essential elements of the Christian faith according to the Holy Bible. The Bible teaches that Jesus saves us from sin. If you believe that, say amen. 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 I want to read from Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 8 and 9. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The Apostle Paul wrote these words to the Christians living in Ephesus, a Greek city in the uh, now modern-day country of Turkey. Paul started out life as a Pharisee whose goal was to earn salvation by obeying the letter of the law of God perfectly. But, but Jesus appeared to Paul from heaven, and Paul became a Christian. As a Christian, Paul realized that there is no way, no hope of salvation by living a strict, sinless life because no one can do that. No one can do it. Even if you were able to follow the letter of the law perfectly, which nobody can, even that would not earn salvation because it is only by grace that we are saved when we believe in Jesus Christ. And so Paul writes to the Ephesians, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And we see three words in that statement that we must understand. Saved, grace, and believed. First, there is the word saved. And I think we all understand what it means to be saved. If, you're if your house is on fire and you're trapped inside and a firefighter comes and saves you, you might feel a tremendous debt of gratitude because that firefighter risked their life to save yours. And we understand the idea of being saved. But what does it mean when Paul says God saved you? God saved you. Do you feel like you need to be saved? I mean, if your house is on fire, it's obvious. <laughs> your life is in danger, and you need to be saved. But when we're sitting here in the comfort of this sanctuary today, does it feel like you need to be saved from something? Romans chapter 1, verses 20 through 23 goes into this. In that, Paul writes, Ever since the world was created... People have seen the earth and sky, and through everything God made, they could clearly see his invisible qualities, his internal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. But they wouldn't worship him as God, or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people 
and birds and animals and reptiles. And so God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. The truth is, people choose to worship idols and false gods instead of the one true God. In ancient times, they often did this uh, in the form of worshiping and bowing down to a, a golden statue. We don't do that today, but we still have idols and false gods. In our modern times, anything that we look to and give power to and give devotion to that we should be giving to God, but instead we give it to something else, that is an idol. That is a false god for us. And we do this all the time. It's a severe problem in the human heart. It's part of our fallen human nature. People say, well, I don't worship a God, but if you look for fulfillment from something that you can only receive from God, then you are worshiping an idol, a false God. If you're looking to something for your security, for your safety, that only God can give you, you're worshiping an idol. You're devoting yourself to a false God. If you serve something, if you give your time and attention and your resources to something that you ought to be giving to God first and foremost, then you are worshiping a false God. And it happens all the time because we were designed, we were created by God to worship. And if we're not worshiping God, we're worshiping something else. And people have been doing this since uh, the fall of humanity thousands of years ago. And because of it, we've become confused. We, we even become confused about things that just ought to be simple and common sense to us. And when we look around in the world today, we certainly see it. People are definitely confused. When somebody walks into a Walmart and just starts killing people indiscriminately, you recognize that person is confused. There's darkness and there's evil in the world. Even things that animals know better about. Animals who are, not no, who are nowhere nearly as intelligent as us. But animals seem to get things that we don't get. We just want to make, it, make up things that make no sense, have no common sense. But we go down that road because we want to be in charge and we want, to, we want to say, well, we can do whatever we want to do. We are broken. And throughout history, there have been self-righteous people who believe that everyone else but them was guilty. Paul, who wrote these words that we've been reading today, he started out life that way. He thought because he was a, a Jew who strictly followed the law that he was safe. But Jesus knocked him on his butt and made him realize he was a fool and he was a sinner as much as anyone else. The very fact that he thought he was self-righteous made him a, a deeper sinner than most. And God tells us this in the Bible in Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 18, he says, 
No one is righteous. Not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good. Not a single one. Their talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follows them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. And then in Romans 3.23, it sums it all up. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standards. The truth of the human condition, according to the word of God, is pretty dark. And when we are tempted to excuse ourselves, the news from around the world condemns us. How many times have you heard the most awful stories of human depravity? We hear stories of the awful things that people do. Often people we thought were good. On the surface they looked good, but then we find out later about something that was going on behind the scenes. We thought, really? And if we try to say, well, I'm not like that, there's a little voice deep inside us somewhere that says, yeah, you are. There is darkness in us too. Maybe we haven't acted upon it, but evil is still in our heart. And God's standards are holiness and perfection. He made us perfect. He didn't make us with flaws. We introduced those to ourselves by our bad behavior. He made us perfect, but we're far from perfect now. And so we know God's word is true in Romans 3.23. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standards. And that's the bad news. But Romans 6.23 gives us the good news. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is why we need to be saved. We have all sinned. And that's why we don't like for the preacher to stand up in church and to tell these things that make us feel uncomfortable. But somebody's got to let you know that the house is on fire all around you and you desperately need to be saved. Because if we don't have someone to open our eyes, we just think everything's hunky-dory, right? We need to be saved. Because we've all sinned. And we all deserve death. And that's where grace comes in. Grace is God's free gift of divine help. Even though we don't deserve it. We deserve death. But instead... God gives us the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And eternal life could be described in so many different ways. It's obviously, it's eternal life. It's life that goes on forever. But it's more than that. 
Because life that goes on forever that is suffering or full of sickness or full of uh, disharmony, that wouldn't be a blessing. That would be a curse. Eternal life, in the sense of what God is giving us as his gift through his grace, is absolute fulfillment. It's what we were made for in the beginning, originally, where, where our bodies work, where our spirits are in complete harmony with one another and with God. In Genesis, eternal life is described as the Garden of Eden, the very first garden, which was a paradise where, where you could have enjoy all of the, the fruits and produce of the garden, where Adam and Eve were with each other in perfect harmony, and they stood naked before God and each other, but they'd felt no shame. And they didn't feel vulnerable. There was nothing to hide. It was a perfect and glorious existence. That is eternal life. Isaiah 11.6 says this, In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion and the little child will lead them all. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That's what we're talking about. Revelation 21 says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Those who reject God's free gift of grace will be cast in the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But those who accept God's gracious salvation through Jesus Christ will have eternal life. And that's where the third word for this morning comes in. It's believe. Believe. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Believe in Jesus Christ. Believe that he is Lord and don't hide it. Declare it openly with your words, with your actions. Live out your belief. Believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. Believe it not just as an idea, but as a truth that guides your whole life, everything you do. Declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Because Jesus saves us from our sins. Amen? Would you pray with me? Lord, I pray for everyone that's listening to this message today. Lord, I pray that you will guide them to search their hearts right now in this moment. Lord, I ask that you would show everyone how desperately they need to be saved. We are all in danger of death spiritual death, eternal death, where there is weeping and gnashing 
of teeth. Help us to see how much you love us. Unconditionally, completely, and perfectly. Help everyone today to claim Jesus as Lord. To declare in every way possible to the world that Jesus is our Lord. That he has rightful authority over our life. That we will follow him. That we will obey his commandments. And we will love one another as he loves us. Help us to truly believe in our hearts that you raised Jesus from the dead and that you will raise us to eternal life because of our faith in him. Thank you, Lord, for saving us today. Amen.